It's the Asian Boxing Podcast with Scott and Colin. Asianboxing.info is the website. We are back. It's been a couple weeks. We didn't have the same layoff that we did before. I'm happy that we're ready to go. And Scott, we have a bunch of fights this week that uh, are tantalizing, that are mouthwatering. Let's start off in Japan. Andy Hiraoka is back. I know he was over in top rank doing his thing, but now he's back in Japan and he's ready ready to continue making his path. The young star, the young lefty, Andy Hiraoka. Yeah, so this will be his first fight in Japan in well over a year. And it's actually against an opponent he's beaten before, Fumisuke Kimura. Um, they fought in 2018. Kimura went the distance with Hiraoka. Since then, Hiraoka's. Um, Redeveloped his name, his reputation. He's won four in a row, three knockouts, two bouts in the US. It shouldn't be an issue. I think he's going to go out there and train and press. Um, Kimura, an old rugged veteran, but I don't see him lasting the eight rounds here. When do you think is the time where Andy steps up his level of competition? I think the plan is probably to do that later this year. I think he's probably got a Japanese title or an OPBF title fight later this year. Or, um, a step up in the U.S. with top rank. I think he's still one fight on his top rank contract. So soon, I think it's more just a a go over old ground for the knockout against the guy who went the distance with him more than anything else. I mean, he still is 24, so he does have a lot of time left. You just want to see him be challenged because he is, I think he's a special fighter. I, I know he's not maybe on the elite level of some of some of the Japanese fighters that we talk about on the podcast. But I do think that he has the physical tools. I think he's really developing a high boxing IQ. So I I think the sky is the limit for him, and he definitely could challenge for a world title down the line in his career. Yeah, I think they they probably are still... Um... Some more called in them just a little bit. He didn't have a great deal of amateur career. Um, I don't think he had any amateur fights at all, I believe. he He's learning on the job. He's learning with every fight. He's looking better with every fight. He's developing physically. But he's only 24. There's no need necessarily to rush him too far. But by the same measure, they do need to give him a test this year. Um, if not two or three tests by the end of the year. He needs those development fights. But he's young. As time, he has a smart team in charge of him uh, in Ohashi and top ranker behind him. So I don't think they've got any worries about developing him. It's just going to be a slow process. There are also a couple of other young prospects on this card going on this Thursday at Korok and Hall. Who are those young prospects, Scott? The probably the most interesting of the prospects is Yoshiki Takai, who faces Kazunori Takai. Um, Yoshiki Takai will be making his debut. He's a former K1 uh, kickboxing world champion. He's looked really good in the um, the footage that's leaked of him uh, boxing. He looked very good with his hands as a K1 fighter. He's apparently the reason why this show has sold out and been such a big success financially. So I think he's going to be one to watch. The other youngster who I'm really excited about on this card is Taku Kurahara, who faces Yoshiki Minato. Um, Kuhar has been on the radar for a few years now he is a fantastic young talent he just unfortunately had loads of injuries last year and didn't fight at all in 2020 
now is a chance for him to kick on. One of the big problems with this card in general is Botrek still has the original lineup for the show on, which shows Toshia Ishii versus Kaito Takajima and Ryon Matsumoto versus Takashi Igarashi. Unfortunately, both those belts have since been cancelled um, due to injuries to Igarashi and a health issue with Takashima. So we have some middle-of-the-week boxing Thursday in Japan. Obviously, different times for you in the UK, myself here in the United States. Let's move over to Thailand. And on Saturday, we see one of the sport's most exciting fighters back in the ring, Sariskit Sor Rungvisai, the only Thai name that I could pronounce. And the rest I'm going to have to leave up to you, Scott. So Sariskit Sor Rungvisai will be battling against Kwantai Sitmarsing in a battle of former world champions. Shrisuke, I think we've all seen, um, two-time WBC super flyweight champion. His two wins against Roman Gonzalez and his win against Juan Francisco Estrada uh, really made his name. Before then, he'd beaten uh, Yotisato for the title. He's destructive. He's a force. He has looked faded in recent fights, but he's still a monster. And his opponent is a very shot-worn former WBA minimum weight champion, Kwantai Sitmarsang. This should be a real knockover job for Shrisuke. Thankfully, his promoter in Thailand aren't dressing this up as anything. They basically said, it's a tune-up fight. He's fighting the Strader or Gonzalez later in the year. Fantastic. Well done to them. They're not like Sky or Eddie Hearn or Dazon, who are willing to say, wow, big test against former world champion. So yeah, we're going to see Shrisuke pick up his 50th win. Also on the card is Fongsafon Panyakum against Petch Bambonk Keep Jim. Um, Fongsafon is a really, really promising Thai prospect. Petch Bangabon is probably best known for losing to Noya Inoue a few years ago. Um, he's got landed a really noted shot on Inoue, dropped his guard, complained to the referee, and then ended up beating up uh, Petch Bangabon afterwards as a bit of a punishment. The standout bout from the card, however, is probably the most overlooked, and that's Chennai Warawuk versus Pung Luang Sa Singyu. Pung Luang is a two-time WBO Mantumweight champion. He fought Tomoki Kamida over in the US, um, when Kamida basically ripped his body apart with a fantastic body shot. Warawuk is a hard-hitting, aggressive, uh, super bantamweight prospect. This bout could end up being about the weekend. Um, Chennai Comes to fight every time. Pung Luang always applies pressure, constantly coming forward. The other bots probably are knockover jobs. I don't think Shisuke or Fong Swan will lose a round between them. But Warawuk versus Pung Luang, that could be something a little bit a little bit brutal. For Sariskit, you were saying that his next fight will be against a top opponent, right? Yeah, he's actually the mandatory challenger for the winner of uh, Juan Francisco Estrada versus Roman Gonzalez. Whoever wins that will have to face him in a third belt. Um, probably by the end of this year. And yeah, I think we're all looking forward to that one. I think we're all looking forward to Estrada Gonzalez too. But to know Teresa gets weight in the wings, even better. Yeah, just the weight class, uh, the super fly weight class has been so good over these past couple of years. And in due part because of Skid and Roman Gonzalez and uh, Estrada. They've really, really all been exciting fights uh, between the three, just going back and forth with each other. It shows you that boxing, 
when you make the fights, there there's not a better sport when there's you know no politics involved when you have just the best fighting the best fireworks happen when boxing gets it right it really gets it right and the super flyweight division even outside of those three we've had ayaka versus tanaka ayaka versus Nietes, ayaka versus cintron we've had fantastic fights even going back a few years to a new year based on the scene of his win over navayas it's been one of if not the standout division unfortunately too many people are overlooking it going these are little guys what they know but yeah if you give it a chance it is a division that just it keeps giving and i think we're on a golden era for the division um even outside the top guys right now i think there's a really really exciting um crop of talent coming through in the division boxing fans want to see action they want to see one guy hurt the other guy and then the other guy come back and hurt him and if you want to see that Don't look any further than the super flyweight division because you're going to see action. You're going to see brutal violence. I I don't care if they're big or small. You're going to see great boxing. Uh, Speaking of the super flyweight division, if we move over to Dallas, Texas, there's a great super flyweight title fight, a big rematch. We'll get to that, Scott, but first let's start. Uh, on the undercard of that, Hiroto Kiyoguchi against Axel Aragon Vega. I, not the undercard, basically a co-main event for the World Boxing Association Super World Light Flyweight title. Bit of a mouthful. <laughs> um, yeah, it's Kiyoguchi versus Axel Aragon Vega. Um, Kai Gushi is fighting for the first time in well over a year. He was meant to fight last year um, twice, but both bouts were cancelled for various reasons. The first one due to COVID and the restrictions. Then he was meant to fight in November, and he ended up testing positive COVID on the day of the fight. So he's been out of the ring since October 2019. Vega, on the other hand, is a bit of an unknown. He has fought for a world title before losing a technical decision to Wilfredo Mendes. He's the smaller man, the younger man, the lighter-hitting man. I think Vega probably has skills to ask questions of Kayaguchi, but I think sooner or later, Kayaguchi's pressure, work rate, and power will break down the Mexican youngster, who is diminutive. He's 4'9". Uh, tiny guy, and I think Kayaguchi's just going to be too big and too strong for him. Yeah, when you see Kyle Gucci, you say, okay, well, he's a pretty small guy. But then Vega comes in and makes Kyle Gucci look like a heavyweight. And it's also going to be interesting to see how Kai Gucci approaches his U.S. debut as well. Um, it will be his second fight outside of Japan. Oh, sorry, his third fight outside of Japan, but it'll be his first in the West. And it's a huge opportunity to really make a statement. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether or not he makes a statement or whether the pressure gets too much to him, perhaps just falters a little bit. But... Fantastic opportunity for him. Great to see him in the U.S. Great to see a wider audience getting the chance to see him. It's a win-win, really, for for him, for Eddie Hearn in Matchroom, and for us here in the United States to be able to see some of these fighters overseas come here and and showcase their talents because we don't see enough of it. And uh, you know that there's going to be a lot of fans packed into that stadium, as many as possible, uh, with 
with COVID, but there will be fans watching, especially for Gonzalez Estrada, but they'll be able to see another star in Kyoguchi. So I think it's a, a great opportunity for him, and he's going to want to go for the knockout just to, to put a stamp on his debut in the United States and to really, really make an impression on the fans. Now, I know it's it's not an Asian boxing match, but you know what? Roman Gonzalez Chocolatito was in Japan for so many of his fights that you could say he's an adopted Japanese fighter. Uh, but what do you think of the fight between Chocolatito and Juan Francisco Estrada? I think this is one of the dream fights for the year. Um, if asked at the beginning of the year which fights do I want this to be in the top five or six, uh, both in Alfredo, they're not the fighters they once were. Gonzalez definitely slaughtered took. He's not looked the natural super flyweight. Estrada looked like he's getting caught more. He's perhaps just slipping a tiny bit. He's taking punishment. Um, in favor of Gonzalez, I think he, I think he still has too much in the tank for Estrada. It's one of those close 50-50 fights. Brilliant bit of matchmaking. And again, it's a great example of what the super flyweight division is giving us time and time and time again. I agree with you. I think Chocolatito's work rate favors him just a hair. And I know Estrada is is the younger man, and people probably see him as being um, maybe still in his prime where Chocolatito's out of it. But I do favor Chocolatito in, in this one just a tad. Although Estrada, brilliant counterpuncher, doesn't need to mix it up if, if he doesn't want to. But but he can, and, and that's what makes him so dangerous. But really, really exciting fight. and I'm Looking forward to this one. And the fact that Cerise gets going to face the winner makes it even better because he's fought both of them twice. Just a whole lot going right in, in the world of super flyweight boxing. These guys get it. They understand uh, what brings the fans in. And, you know, more boxing fans, you would hope, would watch these little guys. Yeah, especially when you know that Kazu Toyoka's there sniffing around, Johnny Nietes is there wanting to fight, um, Kose Tanaka would likely want either guy. There's so many good contenders and good top-tier fighters for these two to face. Even the loser of this one here can end up in a really, really good fight later in the year. So, amazing division, so much talent, so many exciting fights can be made there. I don't think there's a better division in terms of name value and styles and it's just fantastic. The Asian Boxing Podcast, Scott and Colin, we are your show of record. When it comes to super flyweight boxing, we will promote the heck out of those guys because one of the best divisions in all of the sport. Um, Scott, let's go down a couple weight classes. Actually, we just talked about Kyoguchi, his counterpart in Japan. And Shiro is back. Finally, my favorite fighter in the light flyweight division, Ken Shiro, returns. I know he had a little little bump in the road. And he, he bumped into a car, quite literally. But Ken Shiro is back, and I think uh, the world of boxing is better for it. Yes, yeah, so he'll return on April 24th against Tetsuya Hisada, the man he was supposed to fight last year before his his car issue, um, where he drunkenly damaged someone's car. 
This bout's now on for the third time. It was originally supposed to take place in spring 2017. Um, that's before Kenshiro became a world champion. He was supposed to defend the Japanese title against Hisada. Instead, he vacated the title and fought the WBC world title. Um, so that one made sense. Yeah, fair enough. Fight for world title. Give the Japanese title. Then there was the issues last year where criminal proceedings and suspensions kicked in. And it kind of felt like this bout was never going to happen. But now we're just just over a month away. Um, and the better thing, it's a great bout. It's a fantastic bout. It's sadder, showed he belonged at this level against Kaigushi. But better than the bout is the fact it's free to watch. And it will be streamed on the Boxing Real YouTube channel, live from the venue, for free worldwide. So it's a great bout, and it's free. What more can we ask for? You made my day. I get to watch Ken Shiro on YouTube for free. I know it's been a while. He's been out of the ring for almost a year and a half. But the return of Ken Shiro, I'm excited for it. I'm glad. I'm glad it's his redemption tour. I know he had a little mishap, but you know, we're all human. We all make mistakes. And the amazing boy will be back. And he's still in his prime, and he still has a lot uh, to do at this weight class. And eventually, Scott, we need to see Shiro Kiyoguchi. Like, is is this going to happen? Am I just holding on to a pipe dream? Or is this possibly a reality in the next couple of years? I think it's become more reality than it once was. I think with Kaigushi fighting on Dazon and Ken Shiro fighting on YouTube, We've taken a massive stride towards the bout happening. It doesn't appear like either guy is now um, signed to a TV deal. So it appears both are broadcast-wise free agents. There's now no TV standing in the way of this bomb. Well, let's get it done in the new year. At some point this year, it needs to happen. How about New Year's Eve? Quite possibly, although I suspect that there may be TV issues with that one. <laughs> you don't go up against TBS for New Year's Eve, but Sometime in November, December, early December, Christmas, Christmas day. Come on, let's give the world a Christmas treat. Whenever it happens, I will be there to watch because they're two of the best at light flyweight. They're both young. They're both in their primes. Make it happen now for them to be in the same weight class and to never fight would be a travesty. It just didn't make sense for them not to fight. It's so logical. Um, Boxing... Might not be the logical all the time, but this one just makes too much sense for it not to happen at some point. It's the Asian Boxing Podcast, and we are pushing it. We can promote this fight, you and you and I, Scott. We're, we could do the old Eddie Hearn and say, "Hey, let's let's get these two together." Yeah, then we have to try and charge him money for things, and I'm not very good at this whole money thing. <laughs> A lot of news around the world, Scott. What do you have for us with news down the pipeline? With news, we will just hang on to that um, Kenshiro card for a little bit longer and point out that Ayumu Hanada, um, an explosive 18-year-old Japanese kid, will be on that card against Mammoth Kazunori. Hanada is one of those prospects that should be on everyone's radar. So if you tune in for the Kenshiro fight, make sure you watch Hanada. He's too exciting not to watch. As for other news, Masayuki Ito has confirmed that he will continue his career. Um, there was talk about him retiring after losing to Hironori Mishiro in December. He considered retiring. He 
thought about it and decided that that wasn't the ending to his story. That wasn't how he was going to end his career. So, yay, Frito. Um, Ito Gala is about I want to see Japan. I think there's lots of options for him, either internationally or at home. He's one of those guys that needs to be seen more. If uh, he's popular, he has a good style, he's fun to watch, good personality. Don't don't miss out on whenever he comes back. Um, on the subject of world title fights, Tenkai's Tsunami will defend her female light flyweight title against Shion Ogata on April 4th. Tsunami is someone who's always fun to watch. She's very limited, but always comes to fight, always puts on a show. She should be too good for Ogata, but it'll be fun. I'm not sure where that one's being shown that. I think it's pretty on Boxing Rares, the subscription service. Another world title fight, and I don't think anyone else has reported this, is the fact that knockout CP Freshmat will be defending his WBA minimum weight super title on May 29th against Pongsaklek Sith Davlige. How great would it be to have the Pongsaklek as a world champion? Um, knockout hasn't fought since March last year. He has frustrated the hell out of fans over the last few years. It's hard to see anything but an easy win for him here. But still, at least we're seeing him in action. In regards to um, ring returns, Tomoki Kamida is expected to fight at some point in spring. He's just signed up with the 3150 Fight Club in Osaka, a gym run, for, run by his brother Koki. So yay for Tomoki Kamida being back. Fingers crossed that he he sticks with it a bit more. He hasn't looked very good since moving to Super Bantamweight, and it's a shame because he has such fun, um, fan-friendly, fluid style, and I want to see him mix with some of the top guys. I think he just needs to be matched very carefully at 122 pounds. And he speaks perfect Spanish, so, like, the boxing world loves Tomoki Kameda. Exactly. He should be working with his brother to make sure that his fights are on YouTube streams and then he can promote to the uh, Latin American audience and the Spanish audience. He's beloved by the Mexican community because he speaks perfect Spanish because, you know, he moved there when he was young and he he grew up there. It would uh, behoove him to make great fights because he could become a star. He probably should be a star, honestly, given his star, given his popularity in Mexico. Um, but the inactivity, he's been out the ring for well over a year. He was meant to fight last April before COVID cancelled those plans. And yeah, he he takes a lot of boxes. He should be a global star. But I, I'm not sure what he has to offer the super bantamweight division. He just doesn't have the power needed, I don't think, to win a title there. But he can still be a star. Even without a world title, he can still be a star. One of the bout that needs mentioning is Christian Araneta versus Sivanathi Nont Shinga, um, which will be an IBF light flyweight eliminator that takes place on April 25th in South Africa. That should be explosive. Araneta is 19 and 1, 15 knockouts. The South African local is at 9 and 9 knockouts. A very exciting matchup. Should be very explosive. A lot of news, Scott. I mean, it, it seems like 
we were just sitting and waiting and hoping for for things to happen and gosh january february very slow we weren't getting a lot and all of a sudden it seems an explosion has occurred with uh the news that we're getting from the asian boxing world so it's encouraging and i think it's only going to get even busier yeah it seems like everyone's all quiet once i'm not really sure why everything's been so quiet just hangover after christmas or something but yeah everything's just exploded I think the next few weeks, you're probably going to see Inoue's next bout being announced, uh, Murata's next bout, and Golovkin's next bout. Iwasa versus Abdaliev confirmed shortly. There's a lot of things that are bubbling under that seem set to all be announced pretty much one after the other after the other. I'm here for it. I'm here for the bubbling. We're like champagne, bottle ready to pop. All those bubbles coming out. <laughs> it's going to be an exciting year. It's been very slow to get going, but yeah. A lot of excitement set to come in the rest of the year. All right. Well, I'm excited. I know you're excited. And hopefully you at home are excited as well for all that is to come. Make sure to stay tuned because we're going to have a lot more coming your way on the Asian Boxing Podcast. And make sure to go to asianboxing.info. That's the website where you can keep up to date with all that is happening in the world of Asian Boxing But again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for making us a part of your day. And until next time, we will talk to you later. See ya.